ladies and gentlemen. I'm so happy to have you here on a Thursday. Week is moving right along. It's the fourth day of May, May 4th, 2023. We're settling in for what I think is going to be another good show. I would look a I would look distraught right now if I thought I had shit lined up for you. But it's not shit. I think it's going to be quite fine. And we have a great guest that is coming back. and he's, uh, it's, He hasn't been on in just about a year, I think. Raw Egg Nationalist. Ren. We met him through our good friend Noor Bin Laden, who wrote the foreword to his best-selling book. That's the Eggs Benedict option. We're going to be talking... We're going to be talking to Ren about a few things tonight. Factory farming. We're going to be talking about uh, media propaganda because he's uh, he, he's commonly linked to toxically masculine shopping trends that, that put an undue emphasis on eating animal-based protein like red meat, eggs, things like that. So we get to talk about all that good stuff and just... Um, Shoot the shit a little bit. Of course, he is calling in from across the pond. So he is... Uh, I'm only going to keep him on until about the top of the hour. About 8 o'clock hour time. Very kind for making time for us tonight. And and there you have it. Now, after the show tonight, we're going to be doing some hardware replacement over here. So that hopefully some of my on-screen issues are taken care of. Maybe that'll also take care of the freezing webcam situation. And uh, and as far as the, the update on the, the call in line, for tonight, if I have any time, and I hope I do, because the second half of the show is going to be based on a, this hilarious thread that Jay Dyer, <laughs> that Jay Dyer published. And I want to get the I want to get some input from the audience on this. But I have some prospects. Number one, I have a new number. I have a new number that I've established with with um, Zoom. That I'll make available if we want to try out some calls with that. Only thing is that I don't know if I can merge those calls with a guest. I'm starting to think that the only way I could do that is by re-downloading or re-subscribing to Zoom webinar. Which would allow people on their phone to call in to talk to a guest. But... But for that kind of a specialty kind of a thing that you you would need to put in an access code, which I could make available. And I guess under those circumstances, that wouldn't be too much of a gigantic hoop to jump through because it's a real special opportunity to talk to one of our guests directly. But the new lump number that I have set up through Zoom would not require a access code. It just requires you to know the telephone number. So I think that might be good. I also could give Skype one more try for tonight just for ease purposes. Um, so we do have call-in options, but I, w- I am unable at this time to get guests, uh, to get audience members on with me and a guest of honor to ask them questions or to bring up a uh, w- the topic, one thing or another. So um, I'm still working that out. Just letting you know, those are some of the updates as far as our technological ventures go. And thank you for joining us. Oh, I forgot to put us live on Rockfin. I do that every so often. My bad. My bad. I was not looking. So 
With that, I want to thank you all again for coming here, and I want to thank my sponsors, BlueMonsterPrep.com. They are my chief sponsor, and uh, they do wonderful work. And I know, I know that it is. Uh, it's a very vital time for everybody out there, including them. And I hope that people are, are in the face of uh, banking meltdowns and everything else that is always going to be tied to uh, supply chain. It's going to be tied to food, to water, all of that stuff. Just consider it. Consider some stuff, extra supplies you can have around the house or any kind of fallback location. Get your go bags in order and go check out BlueMonsterPrep.com. Use promo code FRANKLY and check out all of our other friends on QuiteFrankly.tv's affiliates page. You know, go ahead and do it. It's great to have you all here. Thank you so much. All right, so what is on tap in the interim? What are we going to do in the lead-up to our good friend, Ren, showing up for a little bit of fun on Quite Frankly tonight? Well... I'll tell you what I've got. The first one up is from Zero Hedge. Screen. Oh, I forgot to do that. Let's see here. Hold on. There we go. And here, here's your first headline about those banks. Regional bank crisis spreads to big banks as PacWest, U.S. Bank Corp. tumble. Stocks dump amid widespread liquidations. So this is all coming out today. Moments after the FT report, which sent uh, WAL shares plunging to $11 after closing at 30 yesterday, the company rushed out a press release to announce that the FT article is absolutely false. Shameful and irresponsible that the Financial Times has allowed itself to be used as an instrument of short sellers and as a conduit for spreading false narratives about a financially sound and profitable bank. So there's just all types of chaos going on out there. It could be real, imagined, but also all it takes is one bad rumor, one person to get spooked, and perhaps an otherwise so-called stable bank could be out on its ass and a lot of people with it. Here's a new one. We've got another banger that was released by Media Matters to try to show how, how much of an asshole Tucker Carlson is. Some more candid footage. You want to see this? Here he is getting done up by a makeup artist, and he's talking about pillow fights and all that stuff that go on in the in the, the women's bathroom. Take a listen to this, 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 this horrible, horrible man. Can I ask you a question? You don't have to answer. It's personal. I'm not speaking of you, but more in general of ladies. When they go to the ladies' room and powder their noses, is there actually nose powdering going on? Sometimes. Ooh. I like the sound of that. Most of the time it's lipstick. Do pillow fights ever break out? You don't have to. Not, in, have the, to, not no. in the bathroom. Okay, not in the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> That'd be more a dorm activity. Okay. This is not a territory. <laughs> I'm sorry. So you are such a good sport, such a good person. Thank you. I know you do, but you do not deserve that, and I mean it with great affection. I got you, man. Which way do you want to go? Yes, ma'am. Sorry. Yeah, so, I mean, that's... Uh, I, this is pretty much like watching, quite frankly, on any given night, and this is just the behind-the-scenes over there. Just banter, but this is, this is uh, very concerning. I think we all can see why Fox had to get rid of him. <laughs> so, media matters. They're just a bunch of uh, 
bunch of laughable, unserious assholes. So, all right, let's go on to some more stuff. Here's the, oh, well, this is the, now listen, I usually skip right over stories like this. But now um, it has all the earmarks of you know what. Of you know what may be coming. Headline. AOC and NYC Mayor Adams in a giant spat over the death of Michael Jackson impersonator in subway choking incident. He did. He was not dressed as Michael Jackson. He wasn't moonwalking when this was happening. That's, of course, uh, not the, the thing. But uh, the way that this is being reported on looks like this can get ugly real fast. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and New York City Mayor Eric Adams are in a spat over a recent choking death of a of Jordan Neely. That's the guy's name. A Michael Jackson impersonator who died after passengers restrained him during a mental breakdown on New York City subway. Neely was put in a chokehold for approximately 15 minutes by a 24-year-old Marine veteran who, uh, while two other passengers held down his arms and pinned his shoulders. Uh, One of those passengers was actually black, but that doesn't matter anymore. He's a white supremacist, too. Neely lost consciousness during the incident and was unable to be revived by EMTs. He was taken to a hospital and declared dead soon after. When they let go of him, he was still breathing, though. Uh, I don't know what what had happened. We'll see what's going to go on with the medical examiner. It was ruled a homicide caused by pressure to the neck, though. A Marine veteran was taken into custody by NYPD and released without charges by Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg's office, which promised to review the medical examiner's report as well as video footage. Jordan Neely was murdered, AOC tweeted Wednesday night, because she is judge, jury, and executioner. But because Jordan was houseless, he was homeless, and crying for food in a time when the city is raising rents and stripping services to militarize itself while many in power demonize the poor, the murderer gets protected with uh, passive headlines and no charges. It's disgusting, she says. She's very disgusted. And of course, they're only sharing um, footage of this guy from over a decade ago when he wasn't, I I don't know, maybe he wasn't as threatening and abusive to public transit passengers because this was not crying out for food. So they're going back to old footage. He's been uh, uh, he's been charged with over forty crimes. He's got a rap sheet, you know, five. To, I, I don't I know how even know how long it is. AOC was re- replying to a comment by NYC Mayor Eric Adams, who said in a comment, "Any loss of life is tragic. There is a lot we don't know about what happened here, so I'm going to refrain from commenting further." which is actually a very responsible thing for the mayor to say, who, of course, is a, 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 a cop first. Only to comment further, however, we do know that there were serious mental health issues in play here, which is why our administration has made record investment to providing care to those who, uh, who ended it and get people off the streets and subways out of dangerous situations. AOC called Adams' statement a new low, adding the last sentence especially rich from an administration to cut very services that could have helped him. So it's always, you know what would have really been great? Just basic police enforcement. I mean, a lot of situations like this could be cut just by enforcing um, turnstile hopping. That doesn't happen anymore. But he's a Michael Jackson impersonator. That's what we're going, that's what we're getting here over and over again. 
Over and over again, a protest took place on NYC's subway platform in response to the vigilante murder of a 30-year-old... The vigilante murder of Jordan Neely, who was choked to death by an ex-Marine. There are still no charges for a man who has committed this crime. They don't care about any of the other crimes going on. Now, here's the, here's what, what it comes down to for me, because I've... I had to, I saw this getting posted, I saw the videos, I saw it all. Um, You have a 40 time plus arrested vagrant that is now going to be hailed as a beloved street performer instead of a mentally ill, in many cases, nuisance, who made a lot of people around him very, very uncomfortable and probably even threatened. Now, uh, does that mean, okay, well, Got to, got to kill him. No, and that's that's not what happened here. You have these three guys. One of them, like I said, black, subduing a guy who is going nuts on people in an enclosed space, and he died in the process. And it's um, it's it's not pleasant, but at the same time, what the hell do you expect to be the outcome of these things when people who should not be riding public transit, getting in people's faces and allowed to come back day in, day out and cause this kind of a problem are not dealt with. There's going to be people who are going to want to to, to, to take action so that those who are vulnerable around them don't have to deal with that. Women, children, I'm sure that there are a lot of uncomfortable people of all colors, shapes and sizes on that train car. But only in this sick Bolshevik hellhole that we live in would this immediately, this story, be reverted to a decree that it was an indiscriminate murder of a black street performer who was merely exercising free speech? Which is an absurdity. Because we know what indiscriminate bodily assault and murder looks like at gas stations, convenience stores, street corners, spring break, and at, a, uh, at private residences too. The footage is made public every day with very little fanfare. Now, on, uh, on Twitter, the uh, Peachy Keenan account over there, they said this. If Jordan Neely, whose name, by the way, is going to be used like a prop by every charlatan from here to Timbuktu, okay? If Jordan Neely had dropped dead in the gutter, starving and covered in his own excrement, AOC would have stepped right over his corpse in her Louboutins to get into her armed guard escalade without even batting an eye, which is absolutely true. Peachy Keenan also said this. I, I love this uh, this tweet. Said none of the men alive or dead in this photo, and it's showing the three men that subdued the uh, the, the their, their now unconscious street performer. None of the men alive or dead in this photo deserve to be in that situation. None of them, which I think is a very very fair point. This was a travesty engineered by viciously cruel public policy and idiots. Shame on everyone in charge of public safety in New York City. No doubt about it. I'm a, I, in no way, shape, or form should the mentally ill man have had to meet his maker that day. I mean, he obviously does not have any control over himself. But the way that we deal with people in his position now is completely wrong. You cannot continue to enable this kind of stuff. And, um, and and allow public policy to dictate that these people have the right of way to do anything uh, and, and with no repercussions. And then you leave it to other people who are in their right mind 
that, that are in, a, in an uncomfortable situation that may go south real quick and they take some kind of action, in many cases, most cases, non-lethal action just to subdue him and something goes wrong. It's a terrible thing. You think these guys want to walk away knowing that they that they, they were involved in something that, that ended a person's life? But this is going to be used exactly the way you know it's going to be used. Now, to that tweet, Anthony Cumia responded. I thought this was also uh, very astute. Anthony Cumia says, unless you've taken the NYC subway system in the past few years, shut the fuck up about this. You can't possibly conceive of the shit you have to put up with. If the mayor and police brass did their job instead of pandering to race baiters, this wouldn't have happened. All very, all very, very uh, valid stuff. But uh, he's going to be Michael Jackson impersonator. Michael Jackson impersonator. That's what you're going to get a lot. Street performer. Indiscriminate murder. Now, I over I usually overlook stories like these, but this man is about to be sainted, as as you well know. You just wait. It has all the signs of that, plus the weather is warming up. They want people back on the streets, causing as much chaos as possible, um, especially since there's a lot bigger issues going around, on around the country that uh, they need some distraction away from. Like I said, whenever it's time... Whenever it's time to really pull people away, you can have your pick of tragedy. You can have your pick. What, what do you want to turn into something bigger than it is? You can have your pick. We have created a tinderbox scenario where everybody is on edge, everybody's acting wrong, and nobody knows what, what, where to step next. It's like it's like living in a minefield. So this has only really only just begun, if you ask me. I wonder what our good friend Leroy Press is uh, is already seeing forming, fomenting down in the city. I'll get in touch with him afterwards to see what, what we got to, got going on with that. But um, I would love to just start this show off and get on with our uh, our regularly scheduled program. So I hope that you can help me get this out to a lot of people to watch. I have sent out all the live links on Twitter, on Gab, on on uh, Telegram and Truth, Getter, wherever the hell I can, if you can just retweet that or reblog it or something, you can help sponsor this show in a social media sense. Be my syndication tonight, and uh, and you can send in all your super chats to quite frankly superchat.com. There's the Rumble rants. There are the gold pills on quite frankly.tv, powered by Foxhole. And I'm looking forward to a nice night with you all. And soon, our friend Ren. How's that sound? All right, we'll be right back. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride!
Alrighty. Good to see everybody chilling. You know, I have a, let me see here, 15? I have a couple of minutes. Talking about what's going on around the world and, and the 30,000 foot view of a, a pretty ugly picture. That's what we were doing a lot last night with Sean from the SGT Report who was on here. A lot of people really loved that episode. I'm glad. I'm glad you did. But as you know, I, I follow closely all the work and the media appearances of uh, Colonel Douglas McGregor. I think that he, his commentary has been um, invaluable, especially during this, this Ukraine situation over the last year or so. Just, just the, this, this war. But his, uh, he's been fantastic. I want, I want to play a little bit for, for you from one of his latest videos. Two minutes long. This is it from May 3rd. I think this is from a massive Russian offensive is, is terminating Ukraine. This was uploaded about seven hours ago on his YouTube. But I, I in particular, I want you to listen to the area around the 15 minute mark for about two minutes. I think he sums it up so well. Listen to this. Sometimes the minor details are inaccurate. He's talking about Cy Hirsch to start off, but listen to what he says. But the larger truth that he disseminates is is accurate and helpful and i think he's telling the truth this time around about nordstrom but i i have no way of knowing i haven't seen any classified material he certainly told the truth in the past about vietnam told the truth about the gulf gulf war too there's some incidents involved uh, people there i think right now you have uh, a class of people in the west who have grown rich and comfortable from their participation in what I would call the globalist cabal. Uh, that ranges from everything, uh, including the, the massive printing of money as a substitute for, for productivity, to uh, open borders, the systematic attacks on our culture, our identity, you know, who we are, what we are, our history. And of course, many of these people are privately very sympathetic, I would say, to the thinking and behavior of the Bolsheviks, 1917 through 1920, 21, 22. And much of what you see happening in the United States, particularly this business about men and women and erasing the differences and pretending there are none also business, that was all very prevalent. And it had a terrible impact in the Soviet Union to the point where Lenin had to put a stop to it. And then of course it, it largely died under Stalin who had a different agenda. But uh, if you go back to the first people that were in the in the Bolshevik party, these Trotskyites and others, what you're hearing from a lot of these people is very similar. You go back to Leo Strauss in the United States who led this whole neocon crusade from the very beginning and he's heart and soul with the Bolshevism that I was just describing. And uh, he used to lecture people saying the day is going to arrive and we'll, we'll realize there is no difference between the sexes. Well, none of this works. It will all collapse. And that's what I mean about the empire of lies. You build this empire and you tell people, and there are lots of well-meaning, gullible people who go along with it, but ultimately it fails. The truth will out. You can't keep it going. And I think that's happening very much so right now in Ukraine. Wonderful, huh? I And, I, and man, he really gets to the, the core of it. I love that he brought up the, the Bolsheviks and 
And of course, you dig into where they came from. And there's, uh, there's another route, another vein to follow. So there's, there's, there's plenty. Plenty of work on there. And I, I really can't encourage you enough to go and check out his, uh, his channel. So there you have it. Now, on to our good friend Jay Dyer. He'll, he'll be on the show next week, but he published this. He published this uh, two days ago. And I just, uh, I just had a good chuckle to myself. He wa- he wanted to riff on. I know you have seen it. These ridiculous, as he says, uh, liberal article article title speak. The way that they use their their titles and headlines and all these online articles. And um, and here's how he opened it up. He said, "I just found something in my butt, and here's why that's a good thing. Post your own liberal article title speak below." So you know that, and here's why that's a good, where they, they set you up with something that is obviously not right, unnatural, and probably bad. And here's why it's a good thing. Here's why you should be okay with the coming collapse, all that kind of stuff. Now, you guys and gals are going to be able to call in or super chat in with your own liberal title speak in the second half of the show. And I'm going to read through some of the other things that are in this uh, thread over here because it's very, very funny. So think about them, write them down, send them in, and we'll stockpile them from now until then. So just again, there's that example. I just found something in my butt. Here's why that's a good thing. I was, I was, I was, I knew that that was going to be a great thread. So, um, and of course, it's just funnier to me because I'm thinking about uh, Jay delivering that line where uh, he's he can be so professional and deadpan at times but to have this 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 raucous sense of humor <laughs> it's just at the same time it's just hilarious so we're going to be doing that later on now here is another title speak article for you but this article is one that actually mentions tonight's guest tonight's guest by name our buddy Ren, Raw Egg Nationalist, put this out there a couple of days ago. This was published in late April. And here's what they said. This it, uh, Ren said, the hit pieces seem to have become a weekly occurrence now. This one from the New Republic builds on the recent blood soil and grass-fed beef shit fest in Mother Jones. Why right-wingers are so afraid of men eating vegetables? The meat culture war may seem goofy. It's deadly serious. The most unserious people are those who write for places like the New Republic. And this one in particular is written by Jan Dukowitz and Gabriel Rosenberg. Surprising. So we're going to... We're going to bring on uh, Ren right now and i have all of his information in the description of this episode you should definitely go and and read through his work buy his books and all that here's a little bit of his bio if the bio if the bro scientists have a spiritual leader it would be a man who calls himself raw egg nationalist that's tucker carlson talking about ren raw egg nationalist is the star 
Uh, Raw Egg Nationalist is the star of a recent Tucker Carlson documentary, The End of Men, author of multiple books on health and fitness and figurehead of the Raw Egg Nationalism movement. His latest book, The the Eggs Benedict Option, which he was on the first time to talk about with Matt in studio that night, is the ultimate guide to the Great Reset plan for food and how we can resist it and usher in a new pro-human future. The book is available now on uh, antelopehillpublishing.com. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and other third-party retailers. And I am so happy to say that he's on with us again tonight. Ren, how you doing? Uh, it's great to be with you. Really good. Oh, good. I, it's great to have you back. I guess the the first thing is, I I did not see. I know that you were on. I remember Tucker Carlson mentioning this with you. But is this thing, this documentary that you're talking about, has that come out yet? Because I have not seen this particular thing. Yeah, it came out in um, came out in October of last year, I think. Wow, October or November. Yeah, so it's been out for a while now. So how's that? How's that? Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to go dig it up and take a look at it. It went right over my head or uh, off my radar. But how's that working with Tucker on that? Uh, it was it was absolutely insane. It was like some crazy fever dream. Um, I still can't. I still can't really believe that it actually happened. To be honest with you, I can't believe I went on his on on his show, and I certainly can't believe that that documentary got made. It's just, it's absolute. It's absolutely mad. It's unlike. It's unlike anything you've ever seen. And um, uh, you know, the, the the mainstream reaction to it was just one of absolute bafflement. Uh, really something to really something to behold. I'm going to dig it up. I'm going to dig it up and take a look at it real quick too. So j- just as a as a uh, a little nutshell there, what was the I can I can probably guess what the end of men is all about and knowing your work, I could uh, guess a little bit about what your contribution was, but would you be able to summarize uh what the documentary is about and what you what you came in on to specialize uh, talk about in a specialized way? Yeah, of course. So it's about well, it's called the end of men, and it is about uh, it's about the decline of masculinity, but in a very particular sense, it's about the chemical assault that's been taking place on our bodies and on women's bodies as well uh, for the last sort of seventy years: declining testosterone, uh, declining fertility, obesity, uh, depression, all these kinds of um, related things. And we were brought in. Uh, the right-wing bodybuilders, um, myself, Benjamin Braddock, my friend, uh, William Wheelwright and some other people, Dan Lyman from InfoWars, we were brought in to discuss the ways in which we are fighting back against this uh, chemical assault and uh, the kind of things that we're doing, slonking raw eggs, uh, uh, tanning our balls, uh, working out, all sorts of stuff like that. I remember when he he brought up the ball tanning, and and I I even brought it up on this show with my nutritionist friend, which I would love for you guys to link up and do some kind of a show together. But um, he, when I heard that there is actually actually science behind the boosting of testosterone and getting sun on your your nuts, I was uh, I was shocked. I thought that that was just one of those woo-woo kind of, you know, uh, uh, trends or something like that. But it's it's real, huh? Yeah, it is real. And in fact, it goes back quite a long way. You know, there was a study, the first ever study was published in the 1930s of uh, sunlight exposure on various different parts of the body and 
uh, its effect on testosterone. So, I mean, I think uh, different parts of, of test subjects, male test subjects' bodies were exposed to sunlight, the chest, um, uh, the crotch, uh, the face, and um, the effect on testosterone was measured and it was showed that um, uh, getting sunlight on your on your junk is uh, the most effective way to bo to boost your testosterone, and it, I mean it's something that hasn't been investigated enough, but it's something that now is being looked into more with um, the development of things like red light therapy, which you, which you may have heard of. I was just about um, to ask you about that because obviously there's not a lot of very few people out there have enough property um, th to be able to just go outside and and, uh, and splay out on the you know on, on the on, without without getting the cops called so i would have to imagine it's it's good to have some red light in in the home and then you can do all the sunning you like yes exactly so you can get um you can get all sorts of red light units so you can get quite small ones in fact you can get individual bulbs that will just go in a lamp uh or you can get these little panels or you can get big whole body almost like pods that you can go in that i think are used uh, especially by professional athletes and also special forces people use them for recovery um i mean you, you can end up spending a lot of money but uh certainly you can get a, a red light light bulb quite cheaply well you know it, it, talking about the actual assault the chemical assault i remember you had had um had sent out a oh you had you were uh, sharing you share a lot of great stuff on your your twitter account it really is a wonderful compliment to all the other stuff that you you publish that you can physically hold in your hand but when i read this and i had absolutely no shock whatsoever the headline of this uh, this study from psycho uh, neuroendocrinology uh, website testosterone abolishes implicit subordination in social anxiety so what they were talking about in this was that an administration of testosterone makes men feel less anxious and less submissive in social situations now you 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 pose the question i wonder what have happened if testosterone levels cratered on a civilization level and you know uh, as uh, from a conspiratorial social control standpoint, I don't know why anyone wouldn't consider this to be in some way very deliberate. Uh, but we we do live in such a complex system. We know fluoride lowers IQ and makes people docile. That's in all the water supplies from from coast to coast, at least over here in the U.S. And between feminism and our terrible diets alone, I mean, I, I don't I don't see I don't see how testosterone really has a chance in the long run, huh? No, I mean there's there's a huge amount of huge amount of things going on that um, that are, are really having a, ter a terrible terrible effect on testosterone. So, I mean, one thing I will say is that um, most of the I mean the, the chemicals that we are exposed to on a daily basis, these harmful endocrine disrupting chemicals, things like BPA, phthalates, PFAS. Um, I don't I don't think that they have been um, uh, placed in the environment deliberately. I think that they are just... We rushed ahead with the production of new um, products, new consumer products, new technologies like plastics. I mean, most of these most of these horrible chemicals are used one way or another in the production of plastics. And, you know, we are... We live in a plastic world now. And I just think that um, 
we didn't stop to do any we didn't stop to um investigate the potential harmful consequences or harmful effects of of the chemicals that are involved necessarily involved as well in the production of plastic so um i mean i don't think that that necessarily was deliberate but it's definitely had uh it's definitely had a an, an effect that has um neutralized men i think that's that's a good way it's that's prevented men from from really sort of being men and developing their powers as men alongside all of these other social and political developments that you could talk about the rise of feminism um and all sorts of other things like that it's it's a it's a complicated situation but it is very definitely tending in a particular direction i think that makes that makes us easier to control and makes uh make yes makes life easier for our um for the powers that be to control us no i i, I agree with you on that one i mean if if it isn't in some way uh deliberate then it sure is convenient because there is a there is a lot of talk about what the uh, I what we call them the elites or the the controlling interests of the world how they want to remake things society we're going to talk a little bit about how they want to remake our uh, our behavior just just modify behavior especially the way that we eat through shaming us and uh, I know a, a lot of what has been written about you lately is really truly astonishing but um, you know when it comes to this. I guess the first thing I should ask you is, since we're still talking about testosterone, I get a lot of, I read a lot, I know that uh, you know, eating red meat, um, resistance training is always a big thing, uh, you're talking about sunning the balls, but what would you say is the top three or five things that everybody, uh, every man out there should be doing on a daily or at least consistently as they can throughout any given week to, to naturally support a uh, a healthy uh, biochemical mix in their in their their bodies. Okay, so I'll I'll give you a top three. These are these are I think are, are the best things you can do. Resistance training, as you say, uh, that is the best way to stimulate the production of testosterone. It's better than I mean, running is good for losing weight, and you might get an endorphin high from running, and it is good for cardiovascular fitness. But it won't it won't boost your testosterone in the same way as as hard resistance training um give up processed food you absolutely need to stop eating processed food processed food is the worst thing you could possibly eat it contains all of the worst ingredients of modern uh, that are present in the modern food supply uh toxic seed and vegetable oils uh hidden sugars high fructose corn syrup um, all sorts of colorings and texturizers and additives and antifungals and all sorts of just horrible compounds that, that individually and together um, make processed food basically a, a, just an, a, a nightmare food. And processed food has been shown to be estrogenic. Um, uh, I, wrote a, I wrote a Twitter thread about... Um, particular compounds that uh that are fine that are found in uh processed foods called advanced glycation products and they have estrogenic effects they bind to estrogen receptors in the body and induce estrogenic effects so get get rid of processed food um and then the last thing the third thing i would say is and this is really key and people don't seem to know about this actually is to get some sleep sleep is sleep is incredibly important for your hormonal uh, health and for your general well-being athletic performance most of your body's testosterone is produced at night 
and there's a study that I've talked about before. I've talked about it in, uh, I think, in the Eggs Benedict option. I've certainly talked about it on Twitter that shows that if you can improve your sleep from, say, five hours a night to eight hours a night or even six hours a night to eight hours a night, you can double your testosterone levels. That's actually been, that's actually been quantified in, in, you know, laboratory studies. Wow. Wow. Now, I, 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 I'm flirting with six hours a night. I'm flirting with it at that point. I've got to find a couple, a couple more hours. I got to. Uh, it's just really hard. It's really hard. I got to. I'm just gonna to have to find a way yeah, to do is. it though. Yeah, it's worth it. It's worth it though because it. Um, I mean, sleep is really. I think you'll 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 notice it pretty quickly if you can get into a. If you can get into a good routine, if you can get off to bed, um, nice and early, and even if you wake up early, as long as you get eight hours, then. That's good, but if you can start to cultivate a what they call good sleep hygiene, you know, if you can start to wind down in the evening, um, put down the phone, turn off the computer, um, then you'll you'll have a much better quality of sleep. You'll get off to sleep more easily, and and you'll feel you'll feel great. You, you know the other thing there, uh, Ren. I don't know if you 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 heard about this, but I have got to. I'm going to do a little bit more on it soon. I had I'd seen it pop up and I thought it was just incredible. There was this one particular type of, um, I don't know, this this substance inside of yogurt or fermented animal products. It's pretty much a, a healthy bacteria. And so it's anything like a, you know, like almost like an acidophilus kind of a thing, but it's not acidophilus. And it, they were talking about how this one particular thing they gave these uh, this fermented dairy, pretty much like a really uh, a really uh, good strong yogurt, to these mice, and they had noticed that after I don't know maybe maybe a couple of days or a couple of weeks of giving this yogurt to mice to see what was going on, that not only were their coats becoming really thick and shiny and, and illustrious looking, but they were walking a little bit funny. And they were wondering, why the hell are these, these uh, mice walking funny? And it's because they had, their testicles had grown about 15%. <laughs> and they started talking, so now there's this, uh, this study going on about how testosterone boost, you can not only... Uh, boost testosterone but create more sperm and actually have bigger testicles by yeah. eating more fermented uh, foods especially when it comes to these these dairies these yogurts that have these really good bacterias in there and I'll tell you man I uh, I, I take about at least two ounces of goat kefir every day uh, at the uh, at the the the, the the insistence of my my buddy and nutritionist just for general immune health but when i heard about this i was like oh damn i should have done a before and after picture or something like that so did you ever hear <laughs> any, anything about that about these uh fermented foods and testosterone yeah yes i have so i mean i was, I was saying general probiotics are very very important um uh that's something that weston price talks about the famous um nutritionist who i take a lot of my cues from wrote the famous book nutrition and physical degeneration where he studied the diets of traditional societies um but particular traditional societies that he identified as displaying perfect health um they prioritized animal nutrient dense animal foods but they also ate a lot of a lot of fermented foods like for instance the inuit might um kill a caribou and then eat the fermented contents of its stomach 
the fermented grass and moss and all that sort of stuff and it provides all sorts of enzymes and uh, vitamins and minerals and cofactors and, and all sorts of good stuff like that but the particular strain that you're talking about is lactobacillus reuteri that sounds familiar um, yes yeah, it's Lactobacillus reuteri, which was um, originally, I think it was identified from the breast milk of a Finnish woman. Um, and it used to be it used to be very common in, in humans, but we're undergoing a kind of mass extinction event of, of gut fauna, gut flora, rather. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, a lot of people don't have it anymore. It's, it's um, you can get it in this supplement called Gastrus, um, which is made by BioGaia, and um, yeah, Reuteri is apparently is very very powerful, and it seems to have some kind of some kind of synergistic effect with testosterone production in the body. So yeah, you start taking this stuff and you produce more testosterone, um, and that's pretty amazing. Well, I'm glad I brought it up then, um, because I, I had been waiting to to talk about it with somebody. I'm going to bring it up again in in the next. Uh, the next week or so, but damn, I'm I'm glad it crossed my mind. You know, before you were just as you were coming on, I was reading a little bit of the this um, this New Republic article that mentions you, and I just wanted to ask you straight out: um, Why are you, Ren, so afraid of eating vegetables? I don't. It must be something deep seated in my childhood. I think definitely. There's there's some. Yeah, deep-seated neurosis. Some something's wrong. I was I was raised raised poorly. <laughs> I know. Here's 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 what I I love about these things. I know what they're they're talking about what you do. Here is this um, at the end. You said I'm generally lost for words at this characterization of my work. Here's what they said. That's the essence of the right's culture war metabolism. It transforms the energy of grievance into the substance of reactionary policy. The culture warriors win not when the war is over. It can never end. Which is so ironic. All this stuff is so ironic because there's nobody that's on an endless crusade like these 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 micromanaging ninnies. And um, he says, when they when they scuttle any possibility of solving actual problems, and their political allies frequently seem to want to destroy the capacity of the state to regulate the food supply of, with fairness, safety, and sustainability in mind. Ironically, it is this very absence of government regulation that produces a nightmarish outcome not for uh, not far from the conspiracy theorist vision of mandatory bug bricks, a dystopia in which most food comes from a handful of shady mega corporations that sells chemical laden flesh of mysterious providence. Scary. It already exists. I mean, this is just incredible that this uh, yeah, you mad. can you can get paid to write like this. That's incredible. Well, I mean, what, what I what I find so well, what what's interesting, I'll I'll say it's interesting, is the fact that a lot of outlets now, uh, Vice did this the other day. Uh, now that Vice, I mean, Vice is dead now, but uh, maybe a, a month or so ago, Vice, maybe two months ago, Vice did a video where they made roughly the same kind of argument, where they were saying that basically what I'm doing and what people like me, you know, the people in the Tucker Carlson documentary are doing, is running cover for corporations. So what we're doing is we're turning um, masculinity and and the, you know, the decline in masculinity, the decline in testosterone, sperm levels, fertility. We're turning that into a culture war issue, 
rather than an economic um, issue and political issue so that um, we can deflect from the corporations that are um, poisoning the environment with harmful chemicals. I mean, it's just, it's just madness. I mean, my, my entire book, uh, The Eggs Benedict Option, is about how we need to wrest control of the food supply from corporations. Yeah. The whole book is about that. It's like, uh, it's just, it absolutely baffles me that they could say that. I would love to talk about that. You know, the, I mean, when it comes to this, because they say the culture warrior, the carnivore diet is a shopping movement for dudes, a goop for the GOP, (laughs) wherein the masculine right wing self is defined by its purchases. Now, Ren, we are used to the media with the non, the the media's nonstop man hating and emasculation efforts, but to create the silly straw men for things like fear of vegetables and imagine the audacity to call eating meat an ideological shopping trend coming from people who just tried to use a transvestite to sh- to sell beer and i uh I, I mean now i eat meat and i know you do too because it's good for us i don't care that there are people out there who prefer tofu hot dogs instead of a, an actual hot dog or something but the real thing here ren i believe is that whenever men in particular, start taking it upon themselves to lift each other up and to share information to try to improve their lot in life. The hallway monitors out there always show up to make fun and to shame. It just, uh, it it never fails. Well, I mean, uh, so you haven't seen the documentary, but uh, The End of Men, but when The End of Men, well, there was a trailer was released as a teaser first, a few months before the documentary so i think the trailer was released in april of of 2022 and then the documentary was released in october but um when the trailer came out there was this enormous enormous um sort of coordinated response from the mainstream media from people like uh stephen colbert and joy reed and uh, all sorts of other people joy behar I forget forget which one. Um, but all of them were, were sort of saying in unison, "Oh my God, this is so this is so gay. This is so homoerotic. This is um, you know this documentary is just Tucker Carlson airing his um, gay fascist fantasies <laughs> and uh, all, all stuff like that." And I actually wrote a piece for um, American Mind in response called "Eke Homos" about. <laughs> the way that this slur of uh, the the any form of of male association is is kind of like a form of crypto homosexuality you know like oh you you work out together well actually you you just all fancy each other you know and you're you know you just want to see each other with your shirts off and uh, get an erotic thrill or whatever and and that's basically what they were saying about the about the documentary that it was just um that it was just like a, a gay porn film and george george takei did a, some sort of quip uh, you know quip tweet about um this is the gayest thing that i've ever seen and i'm a you know i'm the gayest man in the world something like that you know and all sorts of other stuff and and it's um yeah you just you just get these hall monitors who who police were desperate to police mas- traditional forms of masculine behavior as soon as you decide to go off the to go off today's uh, you know, sort of uh, reservation for men you know where you know as soon as you leave your man cave and actually um go out and do something that's really traditionally masculine like maybe you know you go out hunting or you you know t- wrestle or 
you know work out or whatever or or anything like that then then all of a sudden there comes this this cry that actually you're a you're a closet homosexual it's it's, it's absolutely bizarre it is it is and, and, and uh, let me let me ask you this other thing you want to talk about bizarre when they're talking about you and uh, bronze age pervert i i follow both of you guys um but they they also went on to say this listen to this line i know i know the the one that you you probably know exactly where i'm going to go to the mm-hmm. danger the reports authors suggested was the mainstreaming of right wing racial gastropolitics <laughs> when when linked with conspiracy theories about post covid food supply sabotage by globalist elites quote may present the potential for violent consequences so of course it has to be violent there's got to be something racial there but gastropolitics i mean what wh- they they always throw so much shit at you that it uh, it it almost becomes a fool's errand to start unpacking it all because then you spend the entire day trying to make sense of their crazy and then at the end of it you've just lost an entire day and nothing changes so what do you think about that of course your your work is going to lead people to being violent ren yeah i mean i i so that um that particular quotation is actually from a from a detailed report that was published by this absurd sad think tank called the center for Center for um, Technology and Extremism, or something, and Glo- they did a Global Network did, on Extremism and Technology. It. That's that's the one. Yeah, that's the one. And they did this. They did this report on um, the. Um, it's called something like the Emerging Raw Food Movement and the Great Reset. And it was it was about me in particular and Bronze Age Pervert and Mike Marr and some other people, and about how we're basically weaponizing weaponizing consumption of raw eggs and raw milk and um, uh, testosterone boosting in order to um, inspire people basically to commit terrorism. That's what they were saying. Um, but it's but it's one of these it's one of these silly little think tanks that I think is they produce reports and they have to make them as sensationalist as possible in order to justify the kind of funding that they're getting. So they're funded, I think, by Meta and by some other people by these sort of university departments and um, other sort of um, organizations and so so it's kind of par for the course that they say oh yes of course um consuming raw eggs could could inevitably lead to uh you know like a violent insurrection it's it, yeah. it, it's mad and it's and it's better it's better not to engage with it but it's also it's uh it's a it's a quite a worrying sort of sign of <laughs> sign of the times really that, that that people could actually say that in all seriousness yes yes because because what, what are you really what are you really talking about here you're talking about people who are walking away from the the centralized culture machine which of course encompasses all these new uh the, these new suggestions on how we should feed ourselves and 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 it, it doesn't I, I, how how does one person saying you can go and eat that you can go and eat that do whatever the hell you want you can follow the wef and the who and all of their all of their wonderful technologists and futurist suggestions of what should be on your dinner plate at night i'm just going to be over here and i'm going to slonk a couple of eggs and i'm not going to bother anybody and, and, but it, it really the, the threat is that there are more and more people walking away from the plans that they have for the rest of us and um 
And uh, and again, everything is an inversion. Now, when, when it comes to this, I know that they, they tried to throw at you this whole idea of you're carrying water for corporate, big corporations. And as you very, you know, very uh, bluntly put it, you just finished writing and publishing a book all about how we need to divest from what corporate um, corporate farming and corporate food is is really doing to people and go a lot more locally. Can you talk about industrial farming? Because this comes up a lot on my show. Uh, my diet is rooted in animal proteins and fats mainly, but watching screaming pigs that have never known the outside stuffed into tight cages and lowered into a gas chamber somewhere that 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 really makes me sick to my stomach so there's something to be said about industrial farming and how we are procuring our foods uh that doesn't go and and and, and say that we, we need to give up meat we have to go vegan can you talk about that balance there because i i know that you you talk about it too yeah of course yeah i mean i think industrial farming is an is an abomination that's the that's all i all i've really you know that's my judgment of it that i I almost don't even think needs qualification i think it's it's so obvious you only need to look at it you only need to look at what actually goes on to see some footage of of what actually takes place in a in a in a where pigs are industrially farmed and and killed gassed or or however they're killed i mean that and this is one of the things that i say we we shouldn't be too quick to mock vegetarians and vegans because they are right about industrial farming in 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 at least in in that it is immoral it's deeply immoral it is evil and they're right to say that what they're what they're wrong about though and this is this is just as fundamental is that there is no other way for us to farm livestock at scale so their argument is the only way that you can farm livestock at scale is to is to cram the livestock into industrial concentration camps and torture them and then and then kill them you know that that's how you that's how you produce that's how you produce uh, meat to feed a modern nation well that isn't necessarily the case and I mean, I, I I go into great detail about this in the eggs Benedict option about the way that actually we can move away from industrial farming back towards um, farming techniques, ways of farming that uh, that we used up until the sort of the 1950s, really. You mm. know, um, it, it's called regenerative farming. Is 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 one of the names for it, pioneered by. Uh, Joel Salatin, who's been on Joe Rogan a couple of times, and other people, Alan Savory, um, and and really, one of the one of the fundamental things that it would require us to do is to well, we'd have to pay a little bit more money for our food, uh, but also we might have to consume food differently. So, um, you know, we might actually end up having to eat more beef and less chicken and um, and less pork for instance, because um, the regenerative style of agriculture is is built around grazing animals. So you need you need grazing animals, you need sheep and, and cattle especially um, to graze the land, to provide manure. Um, and what you would do is you would pasture chickens, you'd you know, and you'd pasture the pigs as well. Um, so you wouldn't have them in, you know, so many of them together in these huge 
industrial concentration camp factory farms um and so what that would mean is yes chicken the price of chicken and, and pork would would go up but actually that would be balanced by the fact that you would probably have more readily available uh beef of a higher quality as well and this is the this yeah. is the thing that i that i try to to drum into people is that like um it's better quality i mean, I mean not only is there this obvious ethical concern that we should all have for, for animals as sentient creatures um but but also if they have a better life they taste better and they're better for you Every, everybody wins really in a sense um if you raise animals better if you actually if you actually take care over them and the thing is that um you know this is a style of farming as well this is totally antithetical to the corporate model you know if we want to this is the way to break the corporate model is to insist that actually no it's not about your bottom line it's not about you know slaughtering as many pigs as you possibly can and and slaughtering as many chickens as you possibly can and cramming as many cows into feedlots so you can get as much milk from them as possible actually what we want is we want better quality food and that means smaller farms uh run by real farmers yeah um it, it it's a ve it's a very very um i mean there's a lot of there's a lot that's been written about this it's a really big movement and it's it's very well thought out and it's and it's very well substantiated you know these aren't these aren't just theories about farming someone like joel salatin is doing it you only need to look at what he's doing with his uh 500 acre farm. i think it's a 500 acre farm in um on the east coast to see that it works and that actually if we replicated that across the nation then um things could be so different people would have better food and the animals would be better cared for and and we wouldn't have to deal with we wouldn't have to deal with corporate power we wouldn't have to deal with corporate control of the food supply in the way that we do today you're 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 hundred percent right, and obviously the the decent decentralization is the is the the antithetical um, state of being to everything that they're trying to really uh, make normal. It doesn't matter what industry you're talking about; it could be anything. But since we're talking about farming, I mean, every time, I mean, over the years with, with the the expansion and the the contraction of of the money supply bank crashes all that stuff the 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 real people that always get hurt obviously are those who have to put up the family farm to be able to uh you know clear out debt and whatever the hell it is farming has become something that is becoming more and more centralized we see the gobbling up of farmland all over the place and people being able to uh, not being able to sustain themselves anymore and and i think that when you when you talk about this how we need to start um, reclaiming the, reclaiming this, this new way of doing things with with farming and and how we procure our meats and animal proteins and all that stuff. It's the same thing that I always say about conservationism versus environmentalism. I mean, there there's there's no reason why we shouldn't be you know adamant about about keeping our planet clean and doing new things to to lower uh, um, the pollution and and really regenerate damaged parts of of the world and and especially in our own home habitats at wherever the hell we live but it's always hijacked by bigger 
interests that are corporate, political, philanthropic, all that stuff. And I know that sustainability, of course, that word has become a very dirty word, and for good reason. But that factory farming, man, it's... I, I understand when people are saying, well, yeah, I, I don't like what's going on in these things, but the, the, it's it's almost like that can't, same kind of systemic shock when we when we see governments try to replace nuclear power plants with, say, wind power. Uh, what happens? We, we're so used to having bacon on hand in every grocery store and every whatever. When, when you start getting rid of all these big fat, how do we restart from that what kind of haircut are we going to take but you know what unlike green energy initiatives where quality of life is definitely taken down a peg like you said this would be a little bit of an an adjustment there but it would improve the position of local farms which is so much better than empowering big corporations and b our health would definitely improve by default because of the products being cleaner yeah yeah totally i mean i think it's a it's a win-win situation really it's just making the case for it and um i mean convenience is a very very powerful is a very very powerful force in people's lives in the modern world you know i mean it's it's the it, i suppose it's really it's a byword for for modern life is convenience it's what people expect people expect just to be able to go to the supermarket and buy everything that they want uh in one place people people aren't used people aren't used now even to going to different you know to going to a butcher to get meat and then going to a greengrocer to get vegetables and fruit and you know i mean people just want to go to one place and get their food one day a week or a couple of days a week um so we're working against quite powerful um powerful forces at all sorts of different levels we're working against um in ingrained habit and and psychological forces as well as as well as um, corporate greed and uh, other economic factors and political factors like that, I mean, it's a it's a compl- it's a difficult fight, but it's one that we need that we have to that we have to fight. I think because the alternative is even more centralization of the food supply, and you know, I mean, centralization of the food supply is what has made us uh so unwell over the last century and it will make us even more unwell it will make us unwell actually i think in a way that we can't even really begin to imagine if we're not allowed to eat meat at all and we are forced to eat uh plant-based diets that are more or less entirely controlled uh by corporations and that that is the great reset future that is the plan for that is the plan for the world in 2030 that's welcome to 2030 that's how we'll be eating is we'll be eating you know solely foods produced by corporations genetically modified grains novel proteins uh ersatz proteins things like plant-based meat cell cultured meat lab-grown meat you know all this kind of um all this kind of crap so we are almost we are really we're at a we're at a crossroads i suppose to use a very very tired metaphor you know we there's there's one way we can go or another way and um i I certainly know which way i think we should go well i think that you're making big impacts with that and i'm glad you brought that up i guess the last question i'll ask you is about that fake meat scam you know um for every attempt that they make to dissuade people from eating nutrient dense whole foods there is this garbage based ideological alternative that's always waiting to be jammed down our throats and that the uh but i keep reading that despite the incessant marketing 
so-called impossible meets and 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 whatever they're losing tons of money uh, do you keep an eye on this what what do you think is the uh the, the future of this is it going to be morphed into something else um i i don't know they, they made such a big push but i keep reading that they're losing tons of money so i write for um i write for national pulse and i've written for raheem kassam and i've written i've written quite a few pieces actually about the alternative uh, alternative protein industry, beyond meat, impossible, lab-grown meat, uh, all this kind of stuff. Yes, I mean they don't make any money at all. They're they, they're they're massively, massively overhyped. Um, uh, oh, these are the few the the foods of the future. You know that we're all going to be eating, and then nobody buys them, um, and they're just continually making a loss, huge losses, in fact. And I wrote a piece recently about uh, Beyond Meat and Impossible, and the fact that both of them have laid off one fifth of their workforce, and they've posted record losses. The thing is, though, that we should be careful. I think not to um, not to announce the death of alternative proteins and plant-based diets um, too prematurely. Yes, these big high-profile brands aren't doing very well, but if you actually look, then the sector has never, has never, um, well, more and more money is pouring into the sector. There are more and more startups that every, every week there's a, there are new startups and new fresh rounds of um, massive, massive cash injections into these startups and, and and companies that are producing these um, fake food products so I don't think it's going anywhere and I think actually uh, this is an argument that I've made a number of times I think that what they're doing is they're waiting for a day in the, in the not too distant future where actually uh, for one reason or another maybe because of inflation or because of government legislation uh, carbon taxes which would hit traditional animal products hard uh these these corporations and and startups companies are waiting for a day when actually most people won't be able to eat meat and traditional animal products and so what they'll do instead is they'll you know they'll they'll buy an impossible burger or or some other plant-based burger instead because they want a burger especially um, if you're especially if you're dependent on uh on government subsidy like if you talk about mm. all the welfare means tested programs now that you bring that yeah. up i can see them saying well listen we can't uh you know the meat isn't very uh hard hard we can give you a lot of this though and it'll be free or whatever the hell yeah. i can i can definitely see that being offered up as a consolation prize for a lot of hungry people well, they've been talking, I mean, this is something I've written an article for uh, National Pulse about. They've been talking about climate rationing. Um, mm. There was a big, there was a big um, uh, research paper was published about the possibility of climate rationing. And it was, it was sort of hyped up about, you know, that there would be basically um, a return to something like 1940s style wartime rationing, where people would have a set allocation based on carbon emissions uh, of particular products so you know you 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 might be allowed a tiny tiny amount of meat but um because it would be priced highly because of the carbon you know the carbon footprint of um animal agriculture whereas you would have a much greater allowance for for other forms of food like the plant-based alternatives 
um, I think that I think that they're going to use all sorts of different kinds of pressure because they know that people don't want to buy these products. That's absolutely crystal clear now. That's been totally that's been established beyond a shadow of a doubt that actually ordinary people do not want to buy. Given a free choice, they do not want to buy uh, plant-based meats instead of. Uh, instead of you know uh, normal meat and they don't want to buy um they don't want to buy uh, plant-based alternatives to milk and all this kind of stuff um so what's what do these companies and and, and the governments that are that are behind uh this sort of transition to plant-based diets what do they do well you take away the free choice that that's how you get people to consume these products is you don't actually give them a choice and there are there are scientific papers i've written about uh, papers that have been done, research papers by sort of polling and uh, groups and behavioural um, people who do sort of um, analysis of consumer behaviour. They've published papers where they say, look, what you need to do if you want to get people to eat these products is is don't give them a choice. Don't give them a choice. Batter, batter them over the head with um, with propaganda about the social cost of eating traditional animal products and tell them that they're virtuous and good if they if they eat the alternative and also don't give them a choice. Oh, oh, you mean like this? Listen to this. I don't know if you think you've ever, you probably have seen this. That just triggered something uh, for me. It was a, uh, a, a headline from 2018. I'm waiting for it to come up over here on my, on my, uh, it was a CNBC article from 2018. November 7, 2018, it says health experts, I remember this one, health experts propose a red meat tax to recoup $172 billion in healthcare costs. So here they are at, in 2018, they were saying that they would love to be able to put a, a big fat tax on red meat sales to offset the, the costs of what they say are all health problems that are that are resulting from the consumption of red meat and they go into it they go into all the things that they're trying to they're, they're trying to look here the organization also links here uh, according to the World Health Organization <laughs> According to the World Health Organization, they say well, 2.4 million global deaths will be attributed to the consumption of red meat and processed meat, they say, in 2020. By 2020, 2.4 million people will die because of consumption of red and processed meat. Now, I'm sure that you would say processed meat, stay away from, whatever. But here, here you have this. According to World Health Organization, beef, lamb, and pork are, carcinog are carcinogenic when eaten in processed forms and possibly still carcinogenic when consumed unprocessed. The organization also links them to coronary heart disease, strokes, and type 2 diabetes. So you want to talk about a... Uh, a, a way to dissuade people. They wanted to put a uh, a huge tax on red meat back then, tell people that it's killing you anyway, and this tax would only be there to make sure that we weren't spending too much time uh, nursing you back to health when it does damage to you. So um, then again, they, they, they published a few food pyramid that puts grains and sugars at the top. So there's, there's just no sense in the world, Ren, but I think we know uh, what time of day it is now. Yeah, I th yeah, I think we do. I think I think enough people know um, that there that there is going to be well, there already has been pushback, and they'll they'll continue to be pushback. But um, 
I think there's so there's so much money now behind all of this stuff, and there's also so much um, there's such an ideological weight behind it as well that it's going to it it is going to be a hard fight. They they're not going to give up, and uh, as much as we might want to cheer the cheer the death of Beyond Meat and Impossible, and I'm sure both of those companies will go bust. Um, and I think Oatly, the maker of um, oat milk, that they'll go bust too. Uh, but that doesn't mean that that these plant-based alternatives are going anywhere. And um, I think as the climate change insanity intensifies, especially as we get closer to 2030, because you have to remember that the uh, you know the the Paris Agreement, the Paris Accord, the the climate um, the climate uh, targets, we're not going to meet them by 2030. So they're going to be intensifying the the. They're going to be intensifying the insanity about, you know, the the planet's imminently going to burst into flames and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, we should we should be prepared for for further um, for further chicanery. They're going they're going to they'll they'll try all sorts of stuff. They'll try all sorts of stuff. And yes, I think they probably will try a meat tax. They've talked about it in the UK um, for quite a few years now. It's, it's been floated a few times. There was a government the government commissioned a big report uh last year or the year before into food security and um uh it was it was widely expected that it was going to recommend that there should be a meat tax because when they were talking about when they meant food security they also they also took that to mean health like you know the health of the nation is is yeah. is integral to food security so what do we do to ensure the health of the nation well we've got to we've got to you know, impose a meat tax because eating meat is making everyone so unhealthy. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think that they're I think they're going to try all sorts of stuff. Well, I I appreciate every time that you 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 make time for me, and I can't wait to have you back, my friend. I have your your links all in the description of this episode. Uh, we have raw egg nationalist. He is at baby gravy nine, the number nine on Twitter, wonderful account to follow and uh, and is a gateway to many other wonderful accounts that are out there doing the same types of uh, great work. Uh, anything else you want to leave people with? Any kind of, anything you want to plug, um, uh, Ren? Uh, pay attention to uh, my Twitter account tomorrow and pay attention to The National Pulse, uh, thenationalpulse.com. Um, I've got a big story, a big scoop coming out tomorrow about lab-grown meat that will uh, that will blow your mind. Honestly, it's going to be it's going to be crazy. You won't believe it. I I, I found something. I did some digging uh, in some uh, FDA filings, and uh, I found out something really insane. I, oh, I can't wait. To, too bad it didn't break today. I would have loved to have had that exclusive, but I'll be looking out for it tomorrow. Thanks again for everything, and uh, and we'll talk soon for sure. Yeah, it was a pleasure, and I'd love to talk again. Take okay. Care. Be well. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. There is Ren. He's got his wonderful book you should all check out. That is The Eggs Benedict Option, a fantastic Twitter feed, like I said, which is not only great in itself, but it's a gateway to other people that you probably never heard of that make being on Twitter still worth it. So, and tomorrow he's breaking something huge that I'm sure is going to get passed around quite a bit. So, um, and I agree with him on the whole, the impossible, don't don't just jump up and down and say we beat impossible meats because 
it's the same. <laughs> that's funny. Um, it's the same thing as the metaverse. We make fun of Mark Zuckerberg being friendless, being little man Tate. Nobody wants to come to his his birthday party over there in uh, in the metaverse. That it's a just an empty virtual world. But that doesn't mean anything. The metaverse, AI, these virtual worlds, and getting people to live their entire lives inside of them is a well-declared and decreed goal of the Great Resetters, the Fourth Industrial Revolutionists. The revolutionaries, I should say. So whatever the hell is going on right now, though it may be uninspiring, is really just a market test for something else. You know, um, you think about even something like Pokemon Go. It may not, it may not have been your your uh, cup of tea, and there's not that many people playing it as much as they used to, where there's just random packs of children that are showing up on your front lawn because there was a a, a Jigglypuff hiding behind your front bush somewhere that you could not see. But it was an incredible rollout for augmented reality. So who knows? Who knows? When they put all their time and money behind something, it may seem like a failure at first, but it's all being tested for something else. And only time is going to reveal what that something is. We will be right back. I can't wait to take some of your calls and um, and close this one out. Don't go anywhere. It's intermission time, folks. Time out. Press the like button. Thank you. Quite frankly. 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 Quite Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite not quite. Let's go, Brandon. Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly, you're going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you?
All right. So, here we are back. And it's time to just jump into audience land and see what's going on. See what's happening. Great guest. It's great to catch up with Ren. He's a guy that's doing a lot of important work, and he's uh, very well read. And he puts work out that is very well read as well. Okay. So here is some... Let's go to some Super Chats over on, quite frankly, superchat.com. First one up is from Mark Swan. Hope Mark is doing well. He's doing well, and he appreciates everybody thinking about him. Let's see. Uh, Mark says, I just wanted to put my tip in to win that big, hard piece of wood. Of course you do. (laughs) What piece of wood are you talking about? It is an over-the-stove cover. That was made and stained and beautifully put together by our friends at Dr. Gottwoods. You can find their website on quitefrankly.tv's affiliates page. I really hope that... <coughs> oh, no! <coughs> I really hope that some of you guys and gals who are looking for stuff like this to really add a little bit of uh, pizzazz to your home, you go and check them out on the, uh, the affiliates page. So the Sapili wood that they're getting, this is gonna be for the full four burner stove. We're gonna give this away on Monday. So that's what, that's what Mark is talking about. Good friends of the show. And they gave us a little gift last, uh, last uh, Christmas and I really didn't know how to thank them. It's just such quality work. All right, so let me see. Let's do another one. Troy Rhodes says, hey, Frank, ask Ren. Oh, whoops. Ask Ren what he thinks Elijah caught a ride on. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> hey, you know what? You know what, Ren? Just one last thing. What do you think Elijah caught a ride on? It's from the Bible, right? Persistence is the answer to an agonizing question. I'm going to ask, who, who else can I ask that of? I can ask that of uh, Matt tomorrow night and my buddy Vinny, Vinny Brusco, the Vinny Brusco show. He'll be in here tomorrow too. Max says, hi, Frank, regarding the fourth turning, I find the theory interesting, but just in America, it seemed to gloss over the wor- World War One entirely. Thanks for the shows and good articles. Well, you know, you remember fourth turning. The fourth turning is is really centric to um, the life cycles of a society. Any one society in particular. I guess you can also, like when we had Sean David Morton come on, he was talking about biblical cycles, and I guess some things can be extrapolated out to the world at large, but I think when you try to do that, it's it's real tough because you have to account, I think you have to account for localities and as far as the United States goes, I mean, World War II is something so much more significant in size and scope, especially our involvement than World War I. We really, I. Mean, I mean, I know that we had, we sent our boys over there and uh, we, lost, we lost lives, but that was a war that uh, Canadians have more to say about than, than the U.S. does. We got in on, on the, the tail end of that. Uh, so if if that is largely ignored by the fourth turning, 
analysis, I think that would be why. It was a it was an attempt at a major overhaul. We were able to resist the plotters' real goals after that war. We were able to resist going into the the League of Nations, and then of course the 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 schemers started scheming again. And before long, uh, we had what we had a couple of decades later. So maybe that's why. But I understand what you're saying. It's a world war. That's pretty significant, no? And it was for most of the uh, most of the the other participating countries. We really got in on the 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 last leg of that one. But uh, let's see here. Thanks for the shows and the good articles. Max also always says, "Well, thank thank you for for bringing that up. It's a great topic." And maybe I'll get an email about that from somebody. Gino says, Frank, horrid day, Francis. I just buried my wife's uncle yesterday, found out this morning the guy who trained me at work just died, and then get a call from my best friend's sister. She found him this morning, gone at 37. Hug everyone tight always. Keep my seat warm, Willie. Wow, Gino, I'm very sorry about all that. I really am. That's uh, that's all a lot all at once. I'm very sorry. Um, I have a couple other things here too. Let's see. Uh, Jezeru says here for the freebies and Franklies, of course. Thank you for all that you do, Frank. Thank you, Jezeru. Liv Cummings says seventeenth attempt. I see the frustration. I only want Matt's scribes. I mean that wood is beautiful. Well, okay. Here's what I'm going to say. I just got to put it out there because obviously I want I want everybody just to, to be happy and win all these raffles. I want everybody to win the raffle. But I will say it again on Monday. If you do win and for some reason you don't want the wood, like like you have no place for it or something else, you know, there's many reasons why you say, you know, this is great craftsmanship, but I don't know what to do with it. If there's any reason why you don't like it, you can always, I'm going to check with anybody who wins. I'm going to say, do you want it? And you, and I'll say, if you don't want it, I'll send you a postcard. I'll find something other, something else to send to you. And I'll just redraw for the next day because it's too good of a piece. They go for like $300 a piece. And, uh, and I, I would hate to see it just, or I would hate to think that it would end up in a, I don't know, in an unused state collecting dust in the back of a closet or something like that so i will double check with people on that whenever we have a winner that i draw that on monday and we'll just keep redrawing until uh someone who wants the wood gets the wood it's just a specialty item you know so uh, uh denise herman thank you so much you are now in the running nick in chicago says hi saying hi and entering the raffle was wondering what Jim Lee thinks of boiling vinegar outdoors to remove chemtrails from the sky. I saw it on Crow 777's radio show. Some interesting conversations over there. Maybe an interesting guest for you. I've 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 tried to get Crow on a couple of times. I don't think I was like deliberately like ignored or anything, but he's been doing uh he's been doing his show for a long time. Maybe it was just overlooked. I'll try again. Yeah, you guys have no clue how many people I've reached out to. And many of the time I know this is a long shot, but I I try. But I'll try again with Crow. I know several people who know him. 
so maybe I can play the mutual friends game. Sometimes that works. Let's see. Okay. Linda Love says, I want the wood in my kitchen. I hope I win. Great show, Frank. Well, now you're in. Maybe Linda will get it. Okie Patriot Girl says, great song. Gave me chills. So spooky. We we missed tornadoes today. Too cold. Now I want to, uh, want to tell you all about our storms when they threaten, and I promise I will. Uh, love you, Frank, Lauren, Aurora, and the beautiful Frankly family. Thank you, Okie, so much, and stay safe out there. Please stay safe. Well, let's go over to Rumble, and then we're going to start having some fun with Jay Dyer's uh, thread over here. KT Sky D sends over a w- just waves over there on Rumble. It's great to have you out there, Katie. Thank you so much. And now over on Pilled.net. Falcolon says, update me on, uh, update on my big toe. Or everybody was waiting on this one. Update on my big toe. It is gout. May God have mercy on my soul. Oh, man. Everybody, please say a prayer for Falcolon's big toe. That the gout may run from his body. Sean Joe, thank you. Youper Viking says, oh, I guess this is a um, a headline, a title speak headline that she's uh, suggesting here. Don't be alarmed that your penis is shrinking. Experts say it's a sign of your intelligence. I get, that's double, that's doubly alarming then, no? Youper Viking says, I'm sorry, but if I see someone with their butthole in the breeze, I'm booting them in the ass. Well, that's why that's I said you better get some red light therapy unless you have some private places to uh, to sunbathe like that. <laughs> I can't believe it's real. It's real. All of it. Uh, River Pike says, thank you, Frank. Thank you. Boyce Blanc, Tempo 420. Mr. Pete says, try Alder Spring Ranch Meats, natural, organic, and ran by seven daughters with balls. Thank you, Stostube. Thank you so much, Stostube. And, um, and now away we go. I have two more things, and I'm going to open up the lines. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to open up the lines, quite frankly... Let's try the Skype, and then if that doesn't work, then I'm going to give out the new Zoom number that I wasn't totally ready to roll out tonight, but why not just do some online testing? 914-595-6953. It may be the one of the last times you hear me say that, so go ahead and give it a call. Here's one. Hey, Frank. This is from Christina B. in Washington. I have a huge favor of your, to ask of your audience. My dad is having surgery tomorrow because the doctors found a new spot and they fear it might be his cancer coming back. He just was told that he was in the clear. I wanted to ask everyone to, to please say a prayer for my dad, Dennis. I'd be so lost without my dad. And um, much love to you, Lauren, and the family. That's Christina B. Burgess in Washington State. Please keep... Dennis and Christina and the whole family in your your thoughts and intentions and prayers, please. That is not a lot to ask. And thank you, Christina, for reaching out. All the best to you guys. And here's one last one. It's from Scott and Jess. Hi, Frank. I was hoping I can pull this one off instead of missing my wife's name this time. Uh, me and my beautiful wife, we love your show. We listen to the podcast every day. 
Uh, we are celebrating our 20th anniversary on Tuesday. That just went by, May 2nd. And I'm hoping you can give us a shout-out. Well, happy birthday to both of you. Jessica is my anchor. I couldn't navigate this place without her. And can't wait for our 40th. Thank you, Frank. Two of your many listeners, Scott and Jess. Happy anniversary. I know it's two days later, but that's just the way it goes. Hopefully you have been celebrating the last 48 hours. I'm I'm hoping for that. 914-595-6953. Um, Mark Swan just said, that guy with the gout, tell them to get a full lab workup. When my kidney disease was untreated, I would get gout often, and my nephrologist said, that's a warning sign. Oh, boy. 914-595-6953. So far, no bites. No bites. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to try something different. Where are we going? All right. So first thing up here, here, where's the phone number? Let me give you the phone number here. Where the hell is it? Get the hell out. Pop back up. Wait. Wait. All right. So where's my phone number? (laughs) Oh, there you go. You ready? Let's try this out for size, ladies and gents. I hope it works. 914. It's still a New York number. 914-200-200-0269. I found one with a 69 in it. It was the only one with a 69 in it. I said, it's kismet. 914-200-0269. I think this is actually going to be a better number when it's all said and done. Give me a call. Whoa. Okay, I got to get rid of that. Hold on. Who? James? Wait. Francis? Wait a second. Hold on. There's, there's, damn it. Now there's too many calls coming through. All right. Hold on. Wait a second. James, you just sit tight for a second because I've got to find a way to mute all of this. Oh, my gosh. What have I done? What have I done? Uh, all right. <laughs> Hold on. Frank? Yeah, I'm sorry, James. One second. Uh, what am I going to do? Oh, uh, got to find something. Where's my settings? Let me find my audio settings. Is there any way to stop the ringing? Oh, no. Ringtone volume. Oh, let's turn that off. Maybe that's it. Call waiting volume. I don't care about that. All right, let's try it. Okay, James, you hear me? Are you talking to me? I am talking to you, James. How you been? This is, this is Chris from the Berkshires. Oh, definitely Chris. not James. Well, wait a second. Hold on a second. Why is this? Okay, hold on. I, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to hang up for a second. What have I done? Oh, that's a call waiting. That's the call waiting. I just figured it out. That was not the ring. That was the call waiting. You see, you guys are helping me out here. It's a new day. It's a new dawn. It's a new life for me. Let's see. Let me pick somebody up now. Chris from the Berkshires? Chris from the Berkshires. Why is your name James? It's showing up on this... uh... It's probably the family plan that I'm on. Oh, okay. My father's name. All right. So we'll we'll tell James I say hello. Yeah. Yeah, my dad would... Would, you, you totally love my dad. He watches CNN constantly. He's he's really 
really, really exciting to talk to. <laughs> Outside of that, he's a great guy. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, listen, I, I can't, oh, great. Another call just came in, and there's no sound, so we are we are looking good here. Jane, uh, sorry, Chris, go right ahead and let me know what is on your mind. Frank, I just want to say it's going great. I can't wait. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I brought it up in the chat room today, so I'm going to let you be the final judge. Should I tell my neighbors that I'm going to be outside sunning my balls? Should I tell my fiance, actually, as she's looking at me right now? She's like, what the hell? That I'm going to be sunning my balls in the backyard, or should I just let them figure that out on their own? Well, as I said before, if, um, if you're out there with your, uh, your, your, your feet up in the, in the sky and your balls and, and your perineum exposed and you're in a view of the neighbors, you may have an issue. So I think like any good neighbor, just let them know, hey, between this time and this time, I am going to have my genitals exposed in the backyard. Do not look. Okay, that's fair enough, and I appreciate the the opinion. And and, and to be to, to say I'm the first call on the new line is an absolute honor. Yep. So you know what? It's it's an absolute blast. The guy was great tonight. He's he's super interesting. You know, I, I love his little biopic with the with the Jack dude with the red eyes. It makes me laugh every time. I that's see that it. is the great legendary Vince Gironda, the Jack dude with the red eyes. So. If anybody has not known anything about Vince Gironda, go and and read about him. But yeah, you are the first one, so you will always have that didn't to say. Vince, didn't Vince like eat like twelve raw eggs a day or something like that? Isn't that what it was? Oh no no no! Up to th- up to thirty six raw eggs a day. Um, thirty. Yeah, eggs? about about three dozen eggs a day, and slonking most of them there too. Because once you, I would love for Ren uh, to talk about this. Maybe Jay Gulanello can even talk about this when he's in next week. But uh, there is there is something about that level that uh, volume of eggs that triggers almost an anabolic reaction, as if you are taking steroids. So there's some, some chickens. chickens or whatever, or, or get to know a really good farmer. That's it. Yeah. But uh, you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Well, Either way, I'm glad you got a phone that works because I've been calling the number and it just it just hasn't been going through. So I know. I'll, I'll save this one as, as the new, new, quite frankly, in my phone. And, you know, thanks for taking my call first, man. That's super appreciated. And keep up the great work, Frank. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. Thanks. You too. Okay. So 200. Zero two six no what's going on? Two hundred zero two six nine. There's a new right. number. Yes. You gotta hang up on me, dude. Oh really? Why can't you hang up on yourself? Yeah. No, because I I'm I'm listening to the show through the phone now. It's great. Oh, okay. Well let's end that. I don't wanna get you don't want to drag this out too long. All right, let's go. Uh, let's bring on a David. What's going on, David? David? Did you not like that I knew your name? Lisa, how are you, Lisa? Frank. Yes. It's good to talk to you. Thanks for taking my call. It's great to have you hey, on. I am a sh- well, thanks. I, um, I am in, I'm a chef in Texas. I'm a pastry chef, so I deal with a lot of eggs on a regular basis but Mm. what i wanted to ren was really right about all of these uh these companies of money being dumped into uh these alternative gross meat um you know protein sources and i the reason i say that is because i read these bakery baking um industry publications and 
every single article is about carbon footprints and uh, they're developing just tons of money is it being developed into new companies that are creating such monstrosities and that's all these publications can talk about is alternative theory alternative uh, you know proteins and how we can use them in the industry and they're trying to suck all of the you know the food industry professionals into using these things and I will not do it and now are you a are you a head chef is it your restaurant or is it just place yeah I have a I have a bake I have a I, I'm a pastry chef so I have a baking business okay and, and I also come from a farming family so it's you know it's near and dear to me and I I'm very organic and I love uh, to produce those kind of products, but the problem is is that um, Americans don't want to pay for organic ingredients. And that's that's one thing I think Ren was right. We're gonna have to pay a little more. We're gonna eat real food, so. Yeah, I mean, listen, you, you, you can't eat your money. And um, I understand that it's just a dollars and cents thing. If you don't have enough, you don't eat, period. So there's, there's that too. But um, w- when you're dealing with people like you, who are really, uh, they, they put a lot more into this and they make sure that quality is always going to be put ahead of quality uh, quality or quantity or some kind of a uh, ideological edict from a an NGO somewhere. The, the, the experience, and I know pastry is, is really just a, that's a, an end of the night, it's a treat for yourself. I wouldn't, uh, would you say that there are any um, pastries that would be considered a health food I know that chocolates are, are usually – chocolate is usually enjoyed recreationally, but as we know from our friend uh, our friend Justin, chocolates can be a, head, a health food, the, the more cacao is in there. So what would you say? You've got all the polyphenols. Um, yeah, chocolate's great. I actually am making a, an Italian almond orange coffee cake for one of my clients right now that is uh, – the only fat in it is uh, extra virgin olive oil. So see, I call it a health food. Hmm. And you said you're down in Texas. <laughs> but no, we, you know, we make, we bake um, savory things too, and you know, with eggs uh, like quiche. And no, I know. I sometimes I think of myself using sugar as I I call myself a, a you know a legal crack dealer. So it is a bit of a guilt complex once in a while. But, but you know, we I try I try really hard to uh, to inject it with with good food, but. The problem is the American consumer does not want to pay, so you have to provide what your clients are willing to pay. And and I'd I'd like to start, my my ultimate dream is to start a line of chocolate nutraceuticals that have things like very high quality chocolate with uh, adaptogens like turmeric and the mushroom, you know, the, not not the psychedelics, but, uh, you know, the adaptogenic mushrooms and things like that. Like like lion's mane? Yes, very good. And turkey tail and, you know, cordyceps, all of those things. And because, you know, we either pay the grocer or the baker or the chef, you know, now or we pay the doctor later. Hopefully not. They don't deserve it anymore. Well, Lisa, you are an example of why it's going to be more and more important and it's going to be very, very uh, advantageous a position to be in for people like you to be out there and to make your presence known because I think as time goes on, it's going to be necessary that we get to know the local butcher, the local baker, the local egg farmer, whatever it is. So thank you for for being conscious of that and uh, providing good quality stuff to your customers. Well, thanks. Let me me just give a, uh, 
some, something everybody should look for in their local area. There, it's a Finnish concept called RICO. Have you talked about that before? No. RICO groups. R-E-K-O. Have, uh, just people look it up. You should look it up, too. And it's just, it's lo- it's literally like farm, farmer's market 2.0. They, you, you order from the farmer uh, online, pay, it, pay in advance, and then there's a, a pickup day. And it's very well organized. It usually happens on Facebook platforms or uh, Facebook platform or or websites. But it's a, it's a way you can connect in a very organized way with local farmers and food producers, and that's going to be the way of the future. So find the local Rico group. Local Rico group. Okay. Well, thank you so much, yeah. Lisa Webb. Thank you for Thanks being for on. taking my call. I love your show. Thank Thanks you. So much. Right. Thank Bye-bye. you. It's very nice to hear. It is that. Any other uh, any other farming collectives around you? Just do your homework, and it, it becomes a lot more satisfying as time goes on. Let's see here. What is this? What name is this? Nira Nira? Hey, Nair. How you doing, Frank? I'm going to let me. Nair Nair. Yeah. What's going on, Nair? Yeah. Hey, you know what? I'm just rocking out here in California. Oh, great. Yeah. So, hey. Dude, I've been watching you for a couple years, and I've turned you on to so many people, and they love you, 100%. All all Californians? Uh, Here, all over the internet, all over the world, I share you. People love you, and they thank me all the time for sharing your show. Well, I'm 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 so happy that you've been an ambassador for me. That's really great. How have you you enjoyed the, the show so far tonight? Oh, absolutely great. You know, I'm a vegetarian, so I don't eat anything with a face, but I do eat eggs and I eat some dairy. But I'm not, I'm not I don't get mad at people that don't, that like to eat meat. I mean, I miss it. I haven't eaten meat since before t- 2010. And I, I'm much healthier for it, believe it or not. It's crazy. I, my Blood pressure's gone, high blood pressure's gone away. They tried to tell me I had type 2 diabetes, and, and, and I don't. You know, they keep saying all this stuff, but... And you, and, and you think, think you think your you think your blood pressure and your and your your uh, your diabetes or your pre-diabetes was due to red meat? No, not at all, but I quit eating red meat and I'm not sure, you know. I'm not sure if it is, if it does or it doesn't. You know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. know. But I just quit eating meat because first it was pork because I had a friend who was a butcher and told me how awful it is to prepare pork for the table because it's not a clean animal, basically, is what they say. And all the cysts and stuff that are inside it that they have to remove from the bad uh, food that they feed them on um, corporate farms and stuff. Uh-huh. But I, but um, and then I gave up beef when Mad Cow was a big thing. I just quit eating it, and that's probably what I miss more than anything is eating a good ribeye steak. Oh, absolutely! It's the best. <laughs> exactly, it's the best there is. It. And you and you yeah. stopped you stopped eating steak back when the Mad Cow thing was happening in the nineties. I did. I yeah. That and pork was my first one. It was actually pork. I quit in. I think Mad Cow. Well, I think I quit Mad Cow. I quit beef in 
Oh, yeah, it was the 90s. Yeah. It's oh. been a long time. Wow, that is a long time. Well, anyway, Nira, th- th- it is so great to have you on, and thank you for your contribution. And you know what? I'll, uh, I'll 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 try to remember to bring you up when Jay is in next time. We can talk about what might have really happened to bring down your blood pressure and your sugar and all that other stuff. Because uh, I, I don't know if the the beef would have been been the factor there. But anyway, it's great to hear that you're healthy and happy and that you're enjoying the yeah. show. Call in again too. I certainly will. You know, California and New York, we're one and the same here. We're both living in these these terrible blue states where we need to drain them. And I'm not saying put rhinos in or a lot of Republicans. We just need good politicians and not these liberals well, and all this crap that we good, got going on. Good politicians, that's, a, that's an oxymoron if I've ever heard one, Nira. That's an oxymoron if I ever heard one. You might find some, I don't know, it's like catching lightning in a bottle. What you need is bold citizens. Bold citizens. Like you can live a pretty salt-of-the-earth life in California, in New York, if you know how to uh, compartmentalize yourself from the, the, the system and everything else. But, um, but yeah, waiting around for people, that, that will be... You know, do your thing. Let's take a call. A first call. Oh, no. No, he just went away. Linda Johnson. What's going on, Linda? Um, Actually, uh, <laughs> Frank, uh, I go by T-Rex. Okay. What's going on, T-Rex? Welcome. We, we've got, How you doing, brother? We've got one of those um, actually, I'm, trans dinosaurs. Go What's going on, T-Rex? Hey, I, I am the one that called about the... Um, the um, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage about him um, uh, slamming the door in my face, and then and then yeah, and then uh, and then seeing you at the the airport and and apologizing. At the airport. Yes, wonderful story. Yes, yes, yes. yes sir. So uh, why am I calling? Um, just to get some good laughs, and and uh, I was fortunate enough. My father worked for Delta Airlines, and so I got to meet a lot of people and see a lot of people. And so um, I have a small little story that I believe I could tell, if that would be all right with you. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so um, about twenty years ago, I live in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, there have been a lot of times that I've seen a lot of people been taken out of school when I was in elementary school and in junior high just to meet people. Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, um, a lot of people. And so fortunately, I've gotten to see and meet a lot of people. Um, and so when I moved, I ended up living in New York City, uh, 124 West 60th and between 9th and 10th Avenue. Um, that was where um, Paul Schaefer lived, um, 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 Rush Limbaugh lived at the time. This is back in 94. Um, so we are, um, there were a couple people of us uh, that were getting on to the elevator or getting ready to go to the elevator when we were living at 124 West 60th. And the one of the people who I didn't know who Rush Limbaugh was had no clue who he was really to be honest with you and one of the the lady that I was with she was an elder and um, she was all about Rush Limbaugh and she said hold on hold on hold on we gotta wait we gotta wait we gotta wait 
And next thing you know, um, in walks Rush with two escorts, gets on the um, elevator with us. Oh, escorts? And are, I, are you talking about whores or are you talking about like security? Security. Okay. I believe it was security. All right, go ahead. Um, and so I was with Laura Bundy, which Laura Bundy is a, she's a country singer, but she actually originally did um, Ruthless, um, the musical. She was the young, the young girl in Ruthless at the time. And so we get on the elevator and we start going up the elevator she looks at Rush and she says, you wrestling ball, I've heard about you. And he looked at her and he said, well, are you Laura Bundy? And she, and literally, she looked at both of us with a giggle on her face. And she's like, how do you know who I am? She said, well, your mom's talked about you an awful lot. Oh. Um, just, just. I have good stories. I do have good stories. Well, hell, that that, that, that must have been one. Things like that, to have been in the same elevator, to see little exchanges, like little human exchanges like that, that otherwise would never be known to the rest of the world, that must be, those must be nice little things to, to call upon every once in a while, T-Rex. And thanks for getting through again and, uh, and giving us a little tidbit as we're closing out a show. You're welcome, brother. God bless you. Have a good night. All right. There you go. I mean, hey, hey. A T-Rex story is uh, is always welcome, especially after that Randy Macho Man Savage one. That was a really, that was a great way to end the show. And you know what I just realized as I close out my my uh, Zoom phone line over here? A, that works great. And B, I didn't do the Jay Dyer thing. But it's 8.57. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you a few right now, and I'm going to encourage you to email me email me with your uh, your own liberal article title speak headlines ready here are some of the things that that Jay put in his uh, in his thread obviously there is the the OP I just found something in my butt and here's why that's a good thing another one no we don't need a man to have a father in a house here's another one from Jay while we all find kittens cute, it's time to finally admit that they are a sign of privilege and racism. Uh, oh, I was nervous and avoided fentanyl until I met a kind lesbian dealer. <laughs> he killed me with some of these. Here's another one. Ten economic lessons privilege cis can learn from tent cities. Uh, another one, the stench of the tent city is actually the smell of your own privilege. Watch this migrant absolutely own a racist shopkeeper for his microaggressions. Oh, there's so much. Oh, oh, here's one from our very own Casey Kakalaki that's out there. She said, anal prolapse is the new non-binary status symbol. How to get a cute pokey outie butthole in just five simple steps. <laughs> pokey outie. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, road trip says my neighbor was playing with his dog and got her pregnant, but it's not as bad as you think. Well, gosh, there's more. There's just so many good ones. I think we had a, a few. 
a few that were were added over here. Where where is it? Where is it? In the production room? I think it was in the production room. Let's see here. Uh the pay gap is wider than than she can no no the, the pay gap is wider than she can manspread. How women with penises are navigating the wage struggle. <laughs> That's that one's from Cody. Your pee hole is an orifice too. Urethra linked to pleasure center of the brain as more men embrace their third hole. Gosh, that makes me weird. We're going to do this more tomorrow. Uh, now, now that you know what we're looking for, please send more of these in for tomorrow. You can email them to me and I will, I'll gather them there. So uh, that, that would be wonderful. Or you can go to Jay Dyer's thread. I'm, I'm going to actually retweet this. You can go to at political orgy. I just retweeted it and you can keep commenting on Jay Dyer's thread and maybe I'll dip in there tomorrow night because it's Friday and it's time to, you know, Friday we relax. We do various things. We'll be talking a little bit more about leg lengthening tomorrow. Quite a few updates. And we're also going to be talking about tomorrow, a great thread that I started yesterday. The thread is about being a black market kingpin because all this government regulation and banning and, and whatever the hell it is out there, red tape, we know that black markets usually show up. So what kind of a black market would you want to be the kingpin of? And I'm not talking about, you know, you want to be a heroin dealer or something like that. I'm talking about things like how would you give somebody uh, a good fishable stream? Someone who doesn't want to go and pay uh, uh, a government gangster somewhere for the privilege of casting off into a pond or a lake and fishing without paying for a license, things like that. Or stargazing, like over here in New York, they wanted to get people uh, to pay for stargazing licenses. So we'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow with our guests in studio. It should be a good time. And thank you again for Ren calling in tonight, being a fantastic, gracious guest. And I thank you all. Thank you to everybody on the on the uh, the the quite frankly TV watching on Foxhole. It's Throwback Thursday, so please get on over there and enjoy the rest of the night's after hour programming. And then over on Rumble Rants, thank you everybody for hanging out with us there. Great, great crowd as always. Karma Nina just said, "Would love to win that big hard wood." to put it on my illegal gas stove. You could be a gas stove kingpin, okay? There's gonna be a big a big market for incandescent light bulb dealers out there soon. So this is what I'm talking about. It'll be a good time tomorrow night. Valuna says, ciao, Frank. I'd like to have that uh, bel pezzo di legno grande. Let's for thanks for another great show. Well, thank you. It's great to have you. Well, everybody wants this. Palador Veros obviously wanted. Palador was one of our winners. So, with all the interest here, I hope that um, Doctor Gottwood's got some good uh, attention on his website at least. That's all. That's all for tonight. Thank you, guys and gals. We'll see you tomorrow for the Friday night finisher. Good evening. I'll catch you on the flip side.
quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience. And now our super chatters, starting with Karma Nina. Anonymous as well. Nina Davison. What are these all, all three? Nina, did you send three different... That, uh, it looks like three different ones but under three different names. It has to be the same person, though. What? Oh, well, anyway. Valuna, thank you so much. Palador Veros. Linda Love. Oki Patriot Girl. Mark Swan. Troy Rhodes. Max. Gino. Jezeru. Liv Cummings. Denise Herman. And Nick in Chicago. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you all tomorrow. Get over to QuiteFrankly.tv, and I'll see you there soon.